With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You said that people have perceptions of you. What did they say? The guy never smiles. The guy is ruthless. And what's the truth? The truth is that there is some truth on it. <laughs> Nothing can replace the feeling of playing football at this level. The team is the engine of the club. We've got an amazing squad here. Oh, leave it out. <laughs> it's only the second time that I get a job in mid-season. Never seen someone covered Twitter, Instagram. What happened to us this season is impossible. Another injury is the last thing Spurs need right now. How do we do that? Tottenham are out. We are on shutdown. Coronavirus has led to the cancellation of all football. Well, the team are good guys. But good guys, they never win. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping safe and well out there. Now, we're bringing you a very, very special edition of The Last Word on Spurs. As you guys know, we had the absolute pleasure to collaborate with Amazon on the documentary All or Nothing. You've watched it. Some of you may haven't even seen it yet, but you have to go and check it out. And we're absolutely honoured on The Last Word on Spurs to now be joined by some of the people that were behind the documentary. We've got the absolute pleasure, firstly, of welcoming three-time BAFTA winner and executive producer, John Douglas, joins us. John, firstly, how are you? I'm really well, thanks, Ricky. Thanks very much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure, John. Listen, absolutely delighted to have you on the show. And joining John, we're absolutely also honoured to welcome the series producer of the documentary, in Claire Cameron, joins us. Claire, how are you? Very well, thank you, Ricky. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. Like I say, it's an absolute honour to have you guys. Listen, it was a real enjoyment to watch that documentary. Some of the stuff maybe we didn't want to see, we were put through it. Some of the stuff we did want to see was absolutely fantastic. And we're absolutely delighted to be talking to you guys now about it, really. And just like I say, what it was like to actually work on it. And I'm sure that was incredible. And we are going to get into that. But before we do, I'm delighted to have alongside me, Jamie from the Daily Hotspur will be helping me through this next half an hour to 45 minutes. Jay, how are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Ricky. I'm really excited for this one. Obviously, the documentary was absolutely fantastic. Um, so much great insight into kind of our football club. So uh, looking forward to getting some more details on it. So yeah, it should be a good one. Absolutely, totally agree. Yeah, really excited with the show we've got to come in store. So guys, we're going to dive straight into this because... 
Spurs, Amazon, 72 Films. It was absolutely an honour, like I say, to have been featured and to collaborate with you guys. But tell us both of you guys, if you can, this is both to you, John and Claire. What was it like to be part of that documentary? And for our listeners in the background, tell us the roles you kind of provided to order to help this whole documentary come together. I was the executive producer and um, at 72 Films and, you know, Amazon approached us. I think partly because we're, you know, we, we make sort of documentaries in quite sort of, you know, big organisations and in sensitive environments and, you know, between us and, you know, Claire and I have got a lot of experience working in, in organisations where, um, you know, where you've got to be sensitive and understand that it's a privilege to, 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 to be allowed to film somewhere. So I think Amazon came to us and we were sort of delighted to... To, to be involved in the series and um, my role as executive producer sort of at the beginning is to you know build a team and get the people I could trust to sort of make the series do it justice basically um, and I, I have a sort of overview of how the series is gonna is, is gonna work editorially and organizationally and then um, I mean, I'll let Claire, Claire fill in the rest basically Claire you know was the sort of linchpin in the series that you know, who sort of ran the production on a on a day to day basis, and um, you know her relationship between you know with the club um, was was I'd say you know I mean the reason for his success. Well, so thank you, John. <laughs> um, yes, I guess as the series producer, I kind of manage the team, the day to day filming, oversee the day to day stories that we're filming, and kind of liaise with the uh, the comms team, Jose and the players about what we'd like to film. Just the first question that I wanted to ask, of course, the series, it kind of started off with a bit about Maurizio Pochettino and kind of a background of what had gone on the season before and then a bit of an overview of kind of what had been so far under Maurizio Pochettino last season. I think one question that kind of people wanted to know and understand was, was when did 72 Films and Amazon start filming the documentary? What point in the season uh, did filming start? We started, I mean, at the beginning of the season, uh, we'd sort of, you know, we knew we were going to make it, but then actually putting in the cameras, getting the team together, you know, we filmed a lot of it with sort of those fixed cameras that are fixed the wall, and that takes quite a lot of time to, to, to get up and running. So, you know, unfortunately, we weren't sort of filming right at the very beginning of the season, and then things just took, took a bit of time. But um, I think the, 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 the rig cameras got up and running sort of mid to end of September. Um, and then we had our sort of single camera crews filming. I think the first away game we filmed at was Liverpool. Um, but I think what happens is in any sort of documentary, and again, it goes back to, you know, hopefully the reason that Claire and I sort of were involved and the 72 were involved is that we're used to working in, in organisations where you've, you've got to build trust. You can't sort of walk in on day one and start filming everything because, um, you know, that, that doesn't work for anyone. So we, we sort of spend a bit of time then just getting to know people, starting to film in a very sort of in a slow, you know, slow way. We don't sort of go in all, all guns blazing to start with. And um, that all takes a bit of time. But I think in terms of when we first started filming, the very first things we filmed, it was, um, yeah, probably, probably towards the end of September. Question to both of you. Now, during the documentary, as you kind of mentioned there and you referenced, you spent a lot of time with Jose Mourinho, the players, Daniel Levy. I want to ask you both, did Daniel strike you as always wanting to be present with the players and kind of share that real strong relationship? And also another one on the back of that, how did you find him to work with as a person? Because I'd imagine when it comes to editorial control, he would imagine to have quite a big say on this. And I mean, the question I'm kind of anchoring towards there is who had the final say when it came down to using the content for the documentary? You know, obviously Spurs invited us, you know, invited us in to, to film. And so, you know, as documentary makers, you want that to be a sort of collaborative approach because, you know, you want to be able to film the, the key moments and the most important things in the in the season. But um, but as far as sort of editorial control goes, that very much sort of lies with uh, or lies with 72 films and with Amazon. You know, we'd have ongoing conversations about the things we wanted to film and what we felt were important key moments. Um, but you know, ultimately, the you know what what went on screen was um, the, the editorial control over that sort of rested with us. And I think Daniel, more generally, was just incredibly supportive. And I think as the club as a whole were, I think it's no small undertaking to allow a documentary crew, you know, into your club for that amount of time, you know, for a whole season. Um, but I think you know they they we well 
hopefully over time, you know, we built trust and um, and I think, you know, the club as a whole, they sort of understood why we wanted to film the things we did. Um, and I think, yeah, overall, I think the club was in- incredibly supportive. Also for you there, Claire, how did you deal with Daniel on a day-to-day, the players? What, what was that like for you as an experience? I hadn't seen what a chairman does on a day-to-day basis. So I was kind of surprised at how much time he spent with, you know, at the training ground and with the players. But I don't know why I'm surprised by that. I just haven't, you know, seen it before. But um, Daniel was great to work with on a day-to-day basis. It was sort of, you know, as John says, very supportive of the project, totally understood what we were trying to achieve and totally behind us. Maurizio Pochettino, now obviously you had a small bit at the start of the documentary. Um, He, of course, had five years at Spurs and the Spurs fans, we all absolutely loved him. Um, And I think we were kind of expecting that he'd he'd have a bit more screen time. It would be interesting to get your take on on why maybe he was was only given like a short bit at the start and, and kind of the reasons. And did you feel as though he got enough time on the screen? And I know himself, he came out, he only managed to watch the first 25 minutes or so. So kind of what was your take on that? And and kind of why do you feel as though he got enough screen time? I think it was always clear to us, you know, making the series that this was a this was a series based on on this season and you know all or nothing uh, in Amazon, you know, for the, the the series whether it's you know been in American football or you know the Man City series. Um, it very much, you know, the focus is very much one sort of particular season. So I think going into it, we felt, you know, the important thing for us to do was to document the the experience of this um, of this season particularly. Said at the start, you know, we didn't start filming right at the very beginning of the season, and then it does take a while just to sort of build up trust and start to sort of, you know, get people feeling comfortable with being filmed and being comfortable with the cameras. And obviously, that period of time was a was a time actually quite difficult at the club and did lead to sort of. Maurizio's departure. So, you know, we did we did interview um, Maurizio a couple of times. Um, he gave us a couple of interviews, and he was sort of interviewed sort of subsequently after after sort of leaving the club. But I think I think our feeling editorially, editorially and narratively, um, to try and tell the story of the season, we had to move forward and not spend too much time looking back. So, you know, I can, I can understand those kind of questions that sort of come up from fans. But um, for, for, from our point of view, you know, what was needed in the series was to very much sort of be looking looking forward for the season um, and, and, and not back. So I think that sort of first half of the first episode um, where Maurizio does sort of feature... I think it probably was a fair reflection of you know what we filmed at that point, and and then it felt important to us to sort of be looking looking ahead. I think. Can I ask you a question on that, both John and Claire? I think what would be good to know is that was there actually cameras present on the day in which Maurizio was let go? I think that's maybe a question where it'd be good to answer that because we get so many questions in on the last word on Spurs in terms of the footage around when it comes to seventy two films, Amazon, um, Amazon Prime Video. Just kind of understand, was there cameras present on the day he was let go? No, no, there weren't, Ricky. So it's it's kind of good to like debunk that myth because obviously at the time it was the international break. So we weren't actually filming at the training ground at all at that time. And uh, But it was in the press that we'd filmed it. But yeah, we can confirm there's no footage of Maurizio being sacked at all, weren't there? Thanks for confirming that, Claire. Really, really appreciate it. I just wonder, looking back now at all, do you have any kind of regret or do you ever think about, in hindsight, whether Maurizio could have had more time in that documentary or do you feel like, given what he was given, was enough at that time? I think, as as John says, I think the kind of the amount Maurizio features is relative to the amount that we filmed with him. Now, as you guys know, that was an absolute whirlwind 24 to 48 hours for all Tottenham Hotspur supporters. You had Pochettino at one minute being the Spurs manager. The next minute you wake up and you see Jose Mourinho is the new Spurs head coach. I just wonder for you guys, what was that like? The absolute whirlwind crazy, as I mentioned, 24 to 48 hours in where we have now appointed one of the world's most successful managers, a serial winner. Can you describe us, in your opinion, the real differences that you found in the very early days in terms of dealing with Maurizio Pochettino to then dealing with Jose Mourinho arriving at Tottenham? I think from our point of view, I remember, I remember sort of Claire and I talking on the sort of evening that the news came out. And, and, I, and I think our feeling was, how do we cover this? How do we reflect um, you know what's actually happening at the club at the moment and I think it was it was really interesting those first you know 24 48 hours the first week you know uh, as, a, as a period of time I think 
it was like genuinely, it was almost that we didn't have time to really take in what the differences were. That's the sort of thing that you think, okay, we'll, we'll look at those things in the edit. We'll look at how, you know, if, if we need to, you know, we'll explore those sorts of things. But for those first few days and the first day particularly, I think we were just trying to, to work out how we reflect this and how we cover this sort of accurately um, in a way that sort of makes you feel that you are in the club, you're sort of there and present at the time. And um, I think that was our, that was our sort of biggest challenge when, when, when that happened. And, um, and I think, again, the club were again, really supportive of that. And I think, you know, there'd be a lot of organisations, I'm sure Claire and I have, have worked in, where, you know, when these sort of big events happen, they might not want you to film things or they might feel that, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult. But, you know, I feel like we, we did get the opportunity to, to, to cover it. Um, but it was just thinking, you know, how do we tell this? How do we tell this this bit of a story? Listen, they're they're really different characters, aren't they? But I think their their approaches to the documentary were kind of the same, actually. Which was that both of them were supportive of the series, but didn't want it to impact on the football or their jobs in any way. Was there any areas that you were restricted from filming, or was it pretty much access all areas for you guys? I mean, listen, it was it was a process of negotiation and and building of trust, which, as John says, you know, it takes some time at the beginning. Um, but certainly, you know, the club were open to us kind of requesting, you know, talking to them about what we'd like to film on a daily basis. And there weren't kind of massive areas that were shut down. I mean, we... We talked a lot about the transfer window because obviously there was a lot of kind of commercially sensitive information that was, you know, being passed between people while we we're filming stuff around the transfer window. And that was kind of challenging to sort of get our way through that. But we got through it. So I'd say, you know, there wasn't like a specific area that could have just said absolutely not. They were, you know, they were really good. They wanted it to be honest. Yeah, it definitely come across like that. It's all about the context as well. I think Claire did an amazing job on a, on a, on a daily basis of <clears throat> sort of explaining the context of why we wanted to film things. And, you know, I think in documentary, some things feel very, very sensitive in, in the moment, like on the day they're happening, but over time they might become a bit less sensitive. So I think being there and being able to film things as they happened and the conversations we had with the club were often just like, you know, we, we sort of need to film this now as it's happening and then we'll sort of work out how we use it. But I think, you know, the, the club were very open with that. You know, we did did get an opportunity to to film. Yeah, I'd say pretty much accessible areas. What I was going to ask you guys as well, just very quickly, is you know when we talk about the cameras being present. Are these kind of sense and motion cameras where, or is there actual general man sitting there filming? If that makes sense, are you able to just explain on that point? Yeah, well, Claire and I've worked on sort of documentaries like sort of twenty four hours in in A and E and, and educate the educating series where cameras are sort of um, fixed to the walls. They're then sort of wired back to a, a central gallery where we, we film and record. So we are choosing what we film. They're not just sort of recording 24 hours a day like sort of CCTV. We are making choices about sort of what we're filming um, sort of throughout the day. Um, and and not every camera records the whole time. So, you know, we say we're, we're being selective um, about what we're filming. So the having the rig there is a really sort of unobtrusive way of sort of capturing what sort of happens day to day but then we also had um a team uh two or three sort of single camera sort of directors going around and filming as well who sort of you know made the series also just look i think you know make, give the series a really sort of strong visual look as well so it was a, a combination of the two things now one character i think definitely came across very well and i think his reputation is definitely um, definitely come up very well from this was Jose Mourinho. He was, you know, fantastic to watch. He was very entertaining. You know, I speak to a lot of my friends and family who have watched it. They were all thought he was absolutely brilliant to watch. Now, um, I remember one part of the, the series where he was um, in his office and he had the TV on and then the two pundits were discussing him and it was just fantastic to see his reaction. Um, I wonder what you guys thought, like, um, it was, was working with him and kind of how did you feel his character was? Um, and how did you find working with Joseph Mourinho? I'll, I'll let sort of Claire answer this really because I think Claire spent most time sort of with, with Jose. But I'd say that that first day um, in his office uh, when when he was sort of unpacking his things, I think for us, you know, when we were saying that, you know, how do we sort of cover this and how do we sort of tell the story of what's happening at the club? That for us was a sort of, you know, that that moment felt 
really important because you know if you, you strip away the fact that you know you're at you're at Spurs and it's Jose Mourinho, what also came out or we felt about that was this is someone turning up to their first day of work. Um, albeit with all the scrutiny and being all over the media. But I think what we were trying to do was just sort of show that this is just, you know, it's a very sort of human moment. Yeah. Someone turning up on day one, mm. how they feel about their new job, unpacking their stuff, getting their office straight. And um, and I think at that at that moment, you know, we just thought this is, this is partly what this documentary should be about. It's about sort of making this club, you know, and seeing the people who work there as, as normal human beings who go through all the same sort of emotions that we all do in those circumstances. So, um, so that first day for me, you know, felt felt really important. Yeah, I mean, it's it's felt like a privilege, hasn't it, working there? And you know, you sort of pinch yourself, don't you, when Jose Mourinho walks in on day one, and you think, wow, we're filming this. I quite believe it. <laughs> um, but he's yeah, he he was great to work with. I mean, he's just very, very, very focused on the football. You know, he works incredibly long hours. Is always the first person in the building. He's got a really Kind of what surprised me about him, I guess, was that he's got a really, really dry sense of humour. Uh, he's that, yeah, he's very, very funny. And that's in front of you guys as well, Claire. Yeah, with the, with the actual you guys as the filmmakers there. He's very much joking with you guys as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, there's not loads of time for sort of downtime with Jose, but when there is, and when he's, you know, in a relaxed place, and there's no matches, you know, for the next couple of days, yeah, that's when you get a chance to. Um, have a laugh with Jose. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, listen, we are going to go for a very quick break. When we return, it's been such a fascinating listen so far. We're going to be talking about the pandemic, how the club and how Amazon Prime and 72 Films handled that and what their favourite memories were. So do not go anywhere. We're back after this very, very short break. Maurizio Pochettino has been sacked. It feels like the end of an era. We have to do what we feel is right for the club. And only time will tell if it's the right decision. Offside. He's offside. If I have a good connection with the people off the pitch, I feel like our connection on it is so much better. Nah, bro, you can't be serious. You're so jammy, man. People always used to say to me when I was younger, there's no friends in football. But I feel like my teammates here, it's like a family. And, you know, I'd call every one of them my friend. How do I say your name correctly? Tanganga. Tanganga. Yeah. I hate to tell the wrong names, man. Everybody says my name wrong. <laughs> Everybody calls me Jose. I'm not Jose. I'm Jose. When you become a professional player, you become an example for the kids. Esta é brasileiro. Imagina ver o jogador passando aqui agora. Are there any questions? What about you, the sir? In fact, you have. Yes, I have one question. Please. <laughs> yeah, no problem. How are you, brasileiro? Sim. Tudo bem? <laughs> First of all, if you did this before, that's because your coach stole from me. It's my copyright in the exercise. Jose splits his squad into groups and turns today's training session into a competition. One that he'll referee. Okay, okay, change. It's a tried and tested exercise designed to bring the team together. Pink, pink, yellow card, pink. <laughs> Right, top three chocolate bars. Oh, dime drifter and crunchy, crunchy, crunchy. 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 Early early is not there, but nah, it's too, it's too chewy, man. Oh, anyone puts bounty in their top three. Bounty's disgusting. Chocolate bars. Why is it never enough now that even come January, teams can't be, like, settled? Do you know what I mean? There always has to be, like, 
to sign a new player. It is not. It is how it is, but like, when you think about it, it's, it's going a bit crazy. It's like yeah, you have to have new players all the time where... Yeah, for what reason? You can't develop, like, whatever happened to like letting a player like develop a bit. Look at that 2011 season Imagine how much that 200 million's worth now. That was way before like Neymar's transfer there, there's changed the game. There's Harry's right foot, 200 million, mate. Mm. Not now, the hammy, mate. No, I just wanted to say that and I think it's a good opportunity for me to to go to Inter. I don't know what they have was, I've made an offer and stuff, and then I just wanted to know how it was going. Only a couple of days ago did we get an offer from yeah. Inter. You know, the, the issue for us today is Obviously, we have some injuries to some key players, right? yeah. and is obviously hurting. We have to try and find some solutions. Very difficult in January, yeah. as you well, know. But you know, I also said to Josie, and I, I just want to make it clear now, from Tottenham's viewpoint, I, I've always been consistent. We don't want you to go. No? From a financial viewpoint, I've always said to you, whatever another club is offering, we would do exactly the same, yeah. so that. There can be no doubt in your mind, your reason for leaving is not a financial one. It's never been. No, and you know that. Tell me, tell me. So Harry came, so the scans come back, so it almost can't be worse. Um, they think there's some fibers there. So we will get our specialists to look at it. Some of them, not we've never had one, but some of them um, did have, have surgery, <laughs> but we would hope this one is not, um, but we will have to speak to um, But yeah, very high grade strain. Matthias speaking about? Long time. Um, no surgery. Yeah. About twelve weeks. Come on, that's the joke. That end of season. Okay, change the side, boys. Oh. Treatment. Minimum. Minimum. Three months. If they don't get operated, three months for. I'm sure. Jose must now deal with the loss of five first-team players through injury. Harry Kane, I think he's uh, irreplaceable. But we have to try solutions. If you go to our squad, no Hugo Lloris, no Harry Kane. When you say no, 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 you have to say uh, skip Tanganga and Parrot and the young boys in. Two, one, yep. Good, hold. Yeah. Uh, little vegetable garden, Hannah. Did you? Mm. Yeah. Early on, I understood that I'm going to need a routine for this to work out, you know? I walk to my vegetable garden in the morning, breakfast, <laughs> go for a walk with my dogs. Then we got our Zoom session, afternoons, get out, do my gardening work. Dinner. Stay very still. That's one of the skills I've learned this, in this quarantine. I've learned to cook a lot of dishes. Nando-style chicken, that prawn salad. I made beans for the first time the other day. <laughs> beans? Be made beans. At least I, I didn't realise how easy it was. Le easy? You just put it in a pan? In a microwave. Or a microwave, yeah. Microwave, I did. <laughs> Two minutes. Hugo Lloris was left very exposed there. And it looks like he's taking his frustrations out on Hyun Min Son and the discussions are continuing into the tunnel. He's the same for you? He's the same for Harry, he's the same for Lucas. Make the run! One minute to go! One minute to go in here I don't know the whole of the story I know that he wants you to come back I want you that you he wants you to come back you don't know but if you are a kid if you are a spoiled guy it's very bad if you take it in the right way 
you become stronger. Probably this would be something that wouldn't happen one month ago, two months ago, one year ago, two years ago. It happened because now you demand more from, from each other. You feel more the responsibility where you have to give more. Big win for Spurs. It was all about the three points today and Spurs get it. When you are in the action, you know, sometimes it's difficult to, to manage your emotions. So that's something that made me a bit out of control. But the best way is to check the hand and, and to move on. Uh, most of the time, the craziest guy on the pitch, they are teddy bears on the life. In moments like this, we have just to three points, we are alive! We are Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Welcome back to the second half of the last word on Spurs, joined by the wonderful John Douglas and Claire Cameron, part of this wonderful documentary, All or Nothing. Really, the guys behind it, I've got to say, and obviously there's a massive, massive team that have made this happen, but two of the vital components to making the All or Nothing documentary I'm going to ask you guys about Spurs' injury crisis. Now, we've spoken about Jose Mourinho, what he was like as a character. Now, it's fair to say Jose found it a tricky period for him towards the end of the year. And you guys captured that in the documentary superbly by just the amount of injuries that Spurs went through. And I have to ask you guys, how did you find the medical team to deal with? Because there was a really, really incredible amount of injuries, more than we've ever seen. And Jeff Scott, bless him, he had his hands full. What was he like to interview, guys? Oh, poor Jeff Scott out season, <laughs> last season. I hope next season, this season's better. Um, Jeff Scott and his whole department, the kind of medical and sports science department, were absolutely phenomenal to work with, I have to say. They had such a difficult, you know, they always have a difficult job. I feel really proud that we were able to reflect the challenges of that job. Um, and Jeff, you know, was incredibly sort of generous with his time in terms of allowing us to interview him along the way when... You know, they did have so many injuries. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was great to work with Jeff. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to show what a challenging job that is. And John, what was that like for you at that time? You know, you're seeing all these injuries come through. I mean, it was just such a crazy period for the club, that November, December. It was just, and obviously Christmas as well on the horizon. Just an absolute crazy time, wasn't it? It was, uh, yeah, it was incredible. And I, and I feel, again, as filmmakers in that situation, it's, it's difficult because, you know, we get to know the club and we get to know all the, all the individuals. And, you know, you're sort of rooting for everyone and you see how hard everyone's working. And, you know, when one injury after after another and um and I, and I think going back to you know when when big things happen i think the big challenge is like how do we cover this how do we film it where whose perspective do we sort of do we do we want to sort of tell this from and obviously the players are, are important and the manager's important but you know being being able to to get jeff's perspective and the, the sort of medical team generally um felt important and was fascinating for the series so um i mean it it was it was obviously an awful period um but i think just seeing how an elite um football club go about dealing with that i think was was felt extraordinary for us to be able to follow during the season, there was a lot of um, very big major things that happened. It was a very dramatic season, of course, with injuries. Um, of course, poor form, Jose Mourinho coming to the club. But I think one major thing that happened during the season was obviously the coronavirus pandemic. So it'd be very interesting to get your guys' take on, on how you covered that and how you felt as though that might impact the series and where that might take it and, and whether you thought that that might have an impact on whether the series would, would be able to finish. So it'd be interesting to get how your guys' take on that. I think like none of us knew what was going to happen. We didn't know if that lockdown, you know, when 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 the sort of players were sent home, and then the you know the next game was going to be I think it was Man U, you know, and they were talking about it being in a couple of weeks' time or two or three times. You know, I think we were just thinking, okay, well that will be what happens next. And then when obviously lockdown became what it what it did, um, you know, we knew we'd filmed a lot of material, we'd filmed a lot of the season, but it was clearly like a quarter of the season still left to play. Um, 
So I think that that was the point at which you know we had a, a you know you mentioned our team we had a fabulous team of um, of editors. Um, we were lucky enough to be able to get everyone working from home. Um, all the editors were working from home, which was like a big challenge, but we we sort of managed it, and we were all working at home and remotely. Um, Claire was kind of you know constantly keeping in touch with what was happening at the club and seeing if there were any developments or things we needed to follow. But um, but there was a point, you know, we we you know you don't know at that point, you know, have we got have we got eight episodes? Have we got enough for the for the whole series? Um, and I think there was a there was a point that we just didn't know. But I think as we started editing the material, it was clear that you know so much had happened you almost don't realize while you're filming it how much is happening and you know you mentioned the injuries and obviously you know Jose's arrival and um, and the ups and downs of the season as you're filming it you know you're thinking about it but you're not always sort of realizing quite what you've 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 filmed um and then when we did start to look at it in the edit I think it became clear that you know as long as we could continue working from home and and all our editors were able to work that yeah we you know we, we did have a series but then of course we didn't know was how it was going to end whether the mm. season was going to be you know the, se- the season would finish um as it was whether it'd be null and void whether there were going to be any games behind closed door you know so we were making the series not knowing how it was going to end honestly George's crazy what I thought was brilliant Claire was the way in which 72 films everyone in general captured just the sensitivity and the honesty of you know the moment in which you know the club were telling the players you know about how their family is the most important thing how they're going to try and you know give them and keep them updated about the the pandemic I mean that must be a moment where where you guys are filming that must be a moment where you'd want to share that to the world because I think the club, the way they handled that situation with, like I say, the opening of the um, maternity wards obviously at the um, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, it was done so well. I mean, I, I bet you were quite proud and quite pleased that you could share that with the world, that kind of scenes. It was, uh, yeah, it felt sort of, sort of like a historical moment when we were filming some of those. Certainly, you know, when... Jose, as John said, Jose and the players are sort of just finding out day to day what's happening and how it's going to impact on them. And, you know, there was so much kind of uncertainty around that time that it felt like you were capturing something kind of, yeah, something that you'll never see again in a way. Um, but also, yeah, to be able to sort of follow a tiny bit of what the club did in the community. And I mean, we, we by no means covered it all just because of kind of filming limitations. Um, yeah, it felt like a real privilege. We have to mention one guy. Um, now, one of the questions that we found being often asked to us on the last word on Spurs and when listeners were kind of watching the documentary was that our record signing, Tungi Ndombele, um, wasn't featured in the early episodes of the documentary and only really came to light in terms of his character, his presence towards the end. I just wondered just generally on this, guys... Um, how does that work? Is there a case where, you know, Harry Wink's got a lovely section on him, Lucas Moura got a lovely section. Is it deliberate that certain players feature at certain times in the documentary? Or is it just where Amazon feel it appropriate and 72 Films Prime Video feel appropriate for it to do so? Does that make sense, that question? I think going into a, a series like this, there are a lot of players you've got, uh, you know, and a, a lot of people you, you're interested in. And I think from, from our point of view, what we focused on early on, and I mean, this is sort of, bearing in mind with hindsight now that lockdown happened and I think we would have filmed sort of a lot more you know had lockdown not happened and and you know probably filmed with more players but I think I think where we'd got to was we'd filmed with players and they were the players who were sort of featuring and were in the team um and there was a sort of a reason to have them you know when when um you know we filmed with Harry Winks and that was a that was a filming opportunity that came up that we filmed and then we're kind of thinking and looking across the series and thinking okay where's the where's the best place for this to to go but then obviously when he was um when he was about to you know he got his he, he was captain you know and so that felt like it was an important moment for for Harry and so it felt the right time to you know know find out a bit more about him and I think that's the approach we took when when important things were happening to sort of players you know you saw um in I think it was episode uh episode three uh you saw you know Jan Vertonghen going to the to the food bank just after he scored the winner, um, you know, he's, he's headed winner, and that that felt relevant to sort of do that. So I think I think it's it's like a big jigsaw puzzle when you're making a series like this. You got to find the you know the, the right moments um, to to have in the series at the right time. And I think 
um, Tungi because you know he wasn't he wasn't playing um, very much. It was kind of quite hard to sort of figure out how that was going to happen. And then obviously his story became sort of more important towards the end of the season. Um, you know when he did get a game, and and obviously it was clear that you know he was going to have a chat with the chairman, um, and they were going to have that conversation. And other it was clear that other players were sort of wanting to help him and support him and talk about his season. So that felt the right place to have it, honestly. So obviously you guys had fantastic access behind the scenes. We obviously saw even meetings with Jose Mourinho, meetings involving the board. So it'd be getting interesting to hear from you guys. Did you hear any secrets that, that might have been um, that you weren't allowed to divulge with uh, the audience? And did you hear any secrets throughout the series? No comment. <laughs> 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 I mean, of course whenever you're making a documentary series in a in a kind of institution I mean you're always party to incredibly privileged information and that is why it's so so important to build up a, a, a relationship of trust so you know yes you do hear some things um none will be revealed to you <laughs> um but yeah, exactly. That's it. It's all about trust, isn't it? Yeah. You mentioned a case there, Claire. It's all about trust. It's all about, obviously, relationship building. Um, I have to ask you, is there any possibility in the future in which 72 Films, Amazon Prime Video, you know, generally, is there any way we could collaborate or anyone could collaborate on a second series or a spin-off series? Does that happen? I know the way Amazon kind of do their shows, it's where they fully focus on a club for one whole season and there generally isn't a follow-up. Is that similar to how this kind of format will work? Following Bale come back would also be amazing. But, you know, these these decisions lie with Amazon. And I'm not sure. The American series might have done a couple of uh, ones in the same club. But um, certainly that's, yes, a decision for Amazon. John, anything you can do for us? Can, can't you twist a few arms? Anyway, you can get there for a second, <laughs> second year, John, would you reckon? Would you, would you want to see a second series, Ricky? Well, it depends what happens this season, John. If we end with a cut of trophies, then I'm going to definitely get you in there. Yeah, I'm going to pay to get you back in. <laughs> um, to be honest, we, you know, we had a we had a, a brilliant time making this series. You know, it was challenging for all sorts of reasons. You know, and it was one of the most unprecedented, unique seasons I think they'll they'll ever be. So, you know, it was a uh, it was a real privilege to make it. It feels hard to know how sort of as filmmakers we sort of uh, top it, but um, but I, I, because of everything that happened and all the challenges that we you know that we had along the way. But um, uh, yeah, as far as far as I'm aware, there's no uh, no no. No plans for uh, for any more, I'm afraid. You know, so much exciting stuff's happened already this season, but I think last season it was just so dramatic with Jose Mourinho coming in, as I mentioned, the pandemic, um, all the injuries. So I, I definitely think that last season was very interesting. But I just wanted to get your guys' is, um, you know, what was your favourite moment? Can you pinpoint a favourite moment of during the filming and, and what was your favourite moment during the show? Do you want to go first, Claire? I'll go for, yeah, I've got a few th- I mean, you know... So much, so much. Share us, Claire. Share us them all. So much fun. I mean, Jose's first day sort of just felt quite extraordinary. And not just in terms of filming Jose, but also, you know, the players reacting to their new boss coming in, staff, you know, all of it just felt like, wow, never seen this before. Um, I also loved doing an interview with Jaffet Tanganga just because he's the yeah, just a lovely, lovely young man guy. who's, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly, who's kind of just a, a really interesting place sort of on the cusp of becoming, you know, a huge, huge Premier League star and yet yeah, so humble and so kind of normal. And yeah, it was a real sort of, yeah, really enjoyed that interview. Can I ask you, Claire, before John comes in, are they really all this nice? They all seem very, very nice. I know Jose throughout the show has said to him, look, we need to be more nastier. We need to try and turn this dressing room around. I mean, I know he's trying to bring in some characters now, but I have to ask you, as players generally, what were they like to deal with? Were they really all that nice? God, they're so, so lovely. I cannot tell you each and every one of them. I know it's a really boring answer, Ricky, but they're so, yeah, they're such nice guys. But is it, I, think it's, I think that's quite endearing in a way, Claire, that, you know, as, as fans, that we, um, we idolise each and every one of these players and we want them to do their utmost best for the club. I think it's quite nice when, you know, outsiders do go in there, you know, that don't have an affiliation to the club necessarily, that they come away feeling that these players are actually really genuinely nice guys. It makes you feel a sense of warmth. Does that make sense, Claire? Totally. And it makes it so much easier to film with them as well and want to get to know them and, you know, just build that relationship with them because they were all so kind of generous with their time. They all sort of did the interviews 
for us along the way. And they had a really, really, really difficult season. So, um, yeah, I just, yeah, great, Fantastic. guys. Brilliant. John, over to you. What was your favourite moment of filming? Um, it's, I think it's hard to pick hard to pick one out, really. I think there were sort of things that I really, I really appreciate being able to film um, for sort of lots of different reasons. But I think the things that stick out for me was um, when we filmed on we filmed on Christmas Day, um, and we had the sort of rig film, you know, the rig film on Christmas Day. And I think, you know, uh, being a football fan all my life, you sort of you, you you wonder what that's like. You wonder what it's like for players to sort of have to leave their families on Christmas Day, go into training, get ready for a game on on Boxing Day or whatever it is. And I think going in and just get being being seeing the atmosphere and being sort of amongst that um, for me as a sort of football fan was just amazing. Um, so I, I, that that moment felt really um, really sort of special. Um, and then I don't know. I think it's. It was in the games, actually. I think the the, the halftime team talk at uh, against Man City was extraordinary. I think you just sort of you know watching that and just seeing how how Jose had just identified exactly what what needed to happen, exactly what the sort of problem was on the pitch, and you know, and uh, then that coming to sort of fruition and 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 winning the game was just um, was was amazing. So and I, and I think seeing that because you're you know because you're filming during the week and you're seeing what the preparation is and you're seeing how much hard work's going into it and how much um, energy and passion and commitment there is, you know, seeing, seeing the team sort of come away with a result like that, that was sort of so important was, um, was brilliant. And, and I know we sort of said this word a few times, you know, about it being a privilege, but mm. you know, it really is, it really is a privilege to sort of see up close, you know, just what it takes to, to 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 be the manager of a team like that and to, to be a player, you know, it's um yeah, it was it was extraordinary. Yeah, I bet it was. And one thing I have to ask you, I'm not going to ask you to reveal your teams that you generally support if you do support <laughs> a team because I wouldn't do that to you guys on air. It's really not fair. But I have to ask you now. You've been in there for the time you were in there. Do you come away feeling like you you, you are Tottenham fans, or do you feel like you know it's this kind of when you are in there, you want to see the club do well? Does that make sense? You must you know be kind of so now you know accustomed to at that point wanting to see Spurs do well in all the cups because ultimately you're covering the club. You'd love to see them win something, I presume, or like say the opposite, you might you might not want to see them win something for the for the fallout. But tell us what it's like for you guys, and was there a real desire to want to see Spurs do well from your perspectives? I mean. You cannot not become a Spurs fan if you're filming Spurs for a season. There's just no way. Like John and I have both sort of filmed Spurs play our kind of our own teams, and you know I'll be the first to admit that we're both rooted for Spurs both times. Um, really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. There we go. I'm not from London, so John's not a London team. I, it's a bit easier for me because I'm not from London to say. Spurs will forever be my London team. Very well I mean, done, I, that, you know, I like the way you've done that. Very well done. Yeah, very well done. I've watched every single match they've played, so, you know, this season. Well, you, know, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to give them up. Oh, I was going to say, it's hard to commit. I was going to say, God, I feel sorry for you guys. You're committing for committed for 12 months. To try and commit them for life, trust me, guys, it's a lot harder. <laughs> Believe me, it is. <laughs> John, I've got to ask you the same question. For you, John, what was that like? I mean, do you get a certain affiliation when being in that, obviously, training ground, following the players day by day? You want to see the club do well? It's exactly that, Ricky. I think you can't not when you when you when you see and when you have relationships with with the club, you know, and with the players, with the manager, but also you know, people like Jeff Scott and the team, you know, the medical team and the theos and you know everyone who's like invested in doing everything they can to to do their bit to help the team win. Like you can't not um, you know end up connected and and rooting for the people that you've sort of got to know and um, and like, you know. So um, yeah. I won't. I won't sort of divulge or go into too much detail. But um, you know, it was it was it was quite hard watching uh, <laughs> watching the games against my club. But um, <laughs> but I, I, I think I think I think I think you can't not. I think you can't not. And also, I tell you the other thing that's that, that I think we felt is. You know, we filmed, you've seen in the series, you know, we filmed fans and we filmed people who, who you know, have 
utter lifelong commitment to the club and and you see how much it means to people and I think another part of the of the series was you know we wanted to, to sort of do justice to, to a club that sort of means a lot to a lot of people and um, and I say you know you can't if, if you go into that thinking well Spurs aren't my team so I'm I'm not gonna sort of you know try and do that then I think it would have made a made a big mistake but um no I'm uh, I, I'm I'm watching I'm watching everything that goes on with Spurs this season very uh, very avidly Good man, John. Good man. It'd be nice to hear that you develop such great relationships with the players. I think as fans, we all know that these these guys do seem very genuine and very nice. So, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing you guys will be following us very closely, um, hopefully winning a trophy this year. But I hope the players, you'll be keeping a close eye on some of them, maybe, that you obviously develop good relationship with. I'm guessing that you'll be following them throughout the rest of their career. Absolutely. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs> Love that. I can't believe we've got Claire Cameron giving a come on you Spurs. What's going on here? What's going crazy? I have to buy you the kit next, Claire. Unless you've got it secretly. Are you wearing it right now? I've got my signed shirt on right now. I absolutely love that. Listen, what an absolute pleasure it's been. The wonderful John Douglas. John, thank you ever so much, my friend. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the last word on Spurs. Thank you, Ricky. Absolute pleasure and uh, good luck for the season. Oh, you're an absolute star. And the wonderful Claire Cameron. Claire, thank you ever so much and keep wearing the shirts, keep wearing the merchandise. Well, see, Ricky, thanks for having us. Brilliant. And the wonderful Jamie from the Daily Hotspur. Jay, what an absolute pleasure, wasn't it, to have Claire and John on? Wasn't that brilliant? Absolutely. I mean, it, you know, just congratulations to them both. I mean, they did a fantastic job on the documentary. I know, as I said, everyone who I've spoken to absolutely loved it. I think the supporters, obviously, we had a very difficult season, but, you know, I think the documentary came across. I know that a lot of Spurs fans that I've spoken to all thought that it was still absolutely brilliant. It was still seemed very positive. Uh, it was nice to end on a positive note. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it and really enjoyed doing this show today. Yeah, and it's definitely worth noting, guys, that for some of you out there that maybe haven't yet seen the documentary because you're really upset about what might be coming out of it, you've heard from two of the most predominant figures that have been in and around helping this documentary come together. If you haven't watched it, please go and watch it. It is our football club. And honestly, some of the insights are absolutely incredible. So there you go. We hope you've enjoyed this very special show. And as Claire Cameron says, come on, you Spurs. You said that people have perceptions of you. What do they say? The guy never smiles. The guy is ruthless. And what's the truth? The truth is that there is some truth on it. <laughs> Nothing can replace a feeling of playing football at this level. The team is the engine of the club. We've got an amazing squad here. Oh, leave it out. <laughs> it's only the second time that I get a job in mid-season. Never seen someone covered. Swear Instagram. Oh my god! Oh, Jose Mourinho. Pain! <laughs> if you make a lot of noise, I give one more day off. What happened to us this season is impossible. Another injury to the last thing Spurs need right now. How do we do that? Tottenham are out. We are on shutdown. Coronavirus has led to the cancellation of all football. Well, the team are good guys. But good guys, they never win. Play aggressive. How is that right? Play, please. And believe that you can win. Courage. Honesty. Friendship. That's the most important thing in life and in football. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.